0: Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 95th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? Uh, Cameron, I'm doing great today. Uh, Probably
1: not as great as Coach Eli Drinkwitz today, but I'm still great. How about you?
0: Not many uh, people could say that they're doing as well as Eli Drinkwitz. Um, Currently, I'm doing pretty well. I think, I mean, it goes without saying. The news we've been receiving in basketball recruit, in football recruiting, sorry, has just—it's got me over the moon, to be honest with you. So, uh, that—that's a good thing. Yeah.
1: Okay. I like that. That's a nice saying. Yeah, yeah, I I think we are going to pretty much uh, dedicate this this episode to uh, the success on the football recruiting trail. Uh, So we will certainly get to that uh, in a few minutes.
0: Yeah, pretty much all the news from the past week of note has been uh football commits there's a few other things we want to talk about first um and but before we even do that i want to remind everyone go check us out on youtube please subscribe leave us a comment leave us a like uh download our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts tell your friends about us uh check us out on twitter leave us a review all that stuff anything that i missed there
1: uh, i think you covered it pretty well hopefully everyone's really just writing all that stuff down like okay i get it all this stuff oh yeah
0: that's your to-do list mm-hmm uh, now let's talk about some news and we'll start it off with basketball. If you don't mind, we'll talk about 24, seven sports updated 2021 basketball rankings, um, main thing that uh, of note there is our guy Anton Brookshire did not make the jump, um, like he did in the ESPN rankings, not the jump that we were expecting in the 24, seven sports composite. So that's a little disappointing. Um, Maybe I had a little bit too high of expectations after those ESPN rankings were announced, but still disappointing nonetheless.
1: Yeah, I was a little bit surprised to see him not in the top 150. Um, I think I was a little bit surprised to see him in the and uh, at 90th in the ESPN rankings when they came out a few weeks ago. Uh, but now that you know that's, that he's there and that's established, uh, I definitely expected to see him in pretty much all of the other services top 150s. But yeah there's a lot of time obviously we're in weird weird conditions right now the season has not been played yet there's been no off-season stuff really happening besides him making a commitment so um, it's not super shocking I guess when you really think about it
0: yeah I think uh, the fact that he was so high in the ESPN rankings kind of just was maybe a little bit of confirmation bias where I I wanted him to start heading up those rankings and when he came out in the top 100 in ESPN it just affirmed what I already wanted to believe Mm -hmm. and so maybe this uh, not seeing that in 24 7 sports is maybe just a little bit of a reality check that he's not just going to skyrocket up the rankings quite like I would have hoped.
1: He uh, might, have, he might eventually.
0: That's I still believe that.
1: <laughs> yeah. I still believe that. Jordan Nesbitt sneaking in at 135. Um, there was a guy that Missouri's recruiting 6 7 forward. Ah. Uh, his name escapes me right now because I just remembered it but he made a massive jump from like unranked to like 59 or something Um, did you have it pulled up Mm -hmm. can you look I think it's 59 John Butler that's not 59 okay can you look at the other like a couple but maybe before that I think it was 50 something
0: let me see if a name rings a bell any names ring a bell Quincy Allen nope uh none of these names are ringing a bell. okay well there was a guy that uh, Missouri had
1: offered recently that we talked about a few episodes ago episodes ago he made a massive jump uh, a lot of teams on him so Alex a- Alex fudge that's that's not it but I do like that name um I will figure that out later at okay. some point probably maybe
0: probably not but that's fine <laughs> um some other names I just wanted to note in these 2021 rankings. Uh, Chet Holmgren staying solid at number two with the Mizzou offer. Uh, Mizzou offer out to Patrick Baldwin, number three. So Missouri making their presence known in the top five. Um, On a serious note, Springfield's own Aminu Muhammad checking in at 11th. So right around where he's always been on that, right around the top 10. Um, A few Mizzou offers... uh, the number one player in the state of california we talked about him recently uh getting a mizzou offer speaking of aminu muhammad yeah i uh saw him at walmart a few days ago
1: uh he's very tall and we had a a a uh, little bit of a awkward moment where we were kind of like trying to walk into the same space like the same
0: lane and mm. were you following the arrows on the ground
1: i was that was i was paying very close attention to that so but uh, that was really all our interaction was, but
0: he exists Wow! here in Springfield. Outside, off the basketball court, he's yep. a real person. It's true. It's like when you see your teacher at Walmart and you're <laughs> like, oh, you're supposed to be at school.
1: <laughs> I ended up finding the name I was looking for also, by the way. Yeah, let's hear uh, James Graham at number 57. Huh. I believe he went from uh, unranked to 57th. So that was a massive jump for him. Um... But yeah, Mizzou on a lot of those guys in the top 150. Um, how realistic of a shot we'll
0: we'll see? Yeah, I was looking at the tw- at the composite, not just the top 24/7. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So yeah, I see that now. Um, there's, I wanted to see Tamar Bates uh, actually dropped 14 spots, which is a pretty big drop. Uh, he's now ranked 121st. Sorry, 120th. Um, and then uh, Jordan Nesbitt up 39 spots to that 135. I love those. I love recruiting rankings. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know why. I could look at them all day. One of my favorite things to do is uh, go through all three of the The seniors, the juniors, and the sophomores uh, heading into the Bass Pro Tournament of Champions and uh, doing research on the players that are going to be at the tournament. I did that before we even started going. (laughs) I would make my list of players to watch and where they were going to go to school and stuff. Uh, SEC basketball news. Um, Former Florida guard Andrew Nimhard is headed to Gonzaga. He's going to be very
1: good at Gonzaga. We were just talking about this a few minutes ago, actually. Uh, Gonzaga is, they just know how to get the most out of their players, man. I, it's something about their their coaching, their offensive scheme, something about it. They're able to take good players and just get incredible results out of them. They're in the national spotlight, every, what it seems like every year. They're and, always at
0: the top of the uh, offensive efficiency mm-hmm. rankings. Yeah,
1: so just a, an intelligent guard um, just is going to, I'm sure, flourish there for sure
0: yeah uh, of course anytime we mentioned andrew Nimharn i have to mention the fact that i pitched him to uh, come play at missouri when he was in the bass pro tournament Cha- tournament of champions i told him that he would look really good in black and gold which was true yep and uh he said that he was interested and that he was going to take a visit
1: what year would that have been
0: um 2015. So, Kim Anderson. Yeah. Well, you really shot your shot. He never visited. <laughs> I don't know if you're aware of that. Um, so, yeah, but well, I've always, we appreciate it. Yeah. And then he came to the SEC. I didn't love that, but I've always kind of kept tabs on him since I, mm-hmm. since he was a Mizzou recruit. And, uh, I got to pitch him on coming to Columbia. Um, did you hear about Blake Hinson
1: Where he's going? No, uh iowa state really yeah that's interesting i really thought missouri might have a shot i thought they really might uh i don't know if they kicked the tires on that or not but um they probably should have yeah i would hope i was really like i don't know i was getting all excited i'm like okay we got an open scholarship like yeah. right around the same time he announced he's transferring so i thought there might have been something something funky going on maybe but there, iowa there was state.
0: not hmm. Uh anything else basketball related that you can think of I think so. We're about to talk about football for a while. Oh, a while. Um, that's how we like it. Two things that we're not that aren't really a part of this huge recruiting boom. Travion Ford um, is enrolling in the spring, mm-hmm. according to his Twitter account. So that's yeah. really cool.
1: That's going to be big. Um, I, I always think that it's it's such a big advantage for freshmen to come in and, and enroll in the uh, the spring semester because it just gives them, you know, a whole another four or five months um in the program in the weight room just uh getting to know the playbook and the players and all that stuff there's just an immense amount of, of advantages for players that come in early like that and you get to play in the spring game that's what i was gonna and mean, there's there's <laughs> so many um there's so many good things about doing that and i always feel like those players you know just kind of have a leg up on on the freshmen who are just arriving you know this time of the year so and that's that's such a massive position of knee going forward uh so i you know traven ford's giving himself every opportunity in the world to start or not or maybe not start but play from from day one
0: yeah and it uh i don't know it just makes me feel better every single time when he tweets something about mizzou i mean as far as being a flight risk at this point i would say those chances are really low mm-hmm. i mean i don't feel like there's much of an issue at all right now mm-hmm i saw a picture of him today standing next to
1: coach drinkwitz on his recruiting visit and Mm -hmm. he's just he's just massive yeah
0: yeah for for your average um you know very highly ranked recruit that's picked missouri uh early ish in the process i'm always just second guessing it and thinking you know what you know super you know legendary programs and coaches are going to swoop in and steal this guy from us mm-hmm. and it really seems like this one's going to hold up
1: yeah it's it's one of the it's kind of those guys that are late bloomers that i think that you worry about that a little bit um uh, maybe they kind of blow up after they commit to missouri that's when i think you mm-hmm. really get worried because yep. with Raven ford those those programs were there whenever yep. he committed they, those programs have always been there um from the from the get-go of his recruitment and he just kind of chose missouri from from the start and um, yeah, I think you you definitely always worry about those high profile guys. You can't change their mind or deciding they want to chase the the bigger school or whatever. But, you know, I, I really don't have that fear with Travian at all.
0: No. Um, this was actually last week's news, I think, but I think we just kind of missed it that uh, Shamar Pearl um, is transferring to Missouri, I guess. It's always, kinda, I don't know, it's weird in football when a Juco player commits because that in football it seems like it's treated like a high school commit mm-hmm. more so than in basketball mm-hmm. when you, the headlines would be, you know, Missouri gets a transfer from whatever you know, Ranger College guard Jordan Geist transfers to Missouri. Whereas this is, Missouri gets a commitment from Shamar Pearl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, it always kind of throws me off, but uh, that's really exciting. We yeah, he picked Missouri out of high school, had to go to the JUCO route. I'm always happy to see those guys come back around and end up cl- in Columbia, regardless.
1: You don't really see that happen very often, honestly. What at least my perception of, of it, it seems like the guys that have to go the JUCO route either you maybe they commit to somewhere else um, in two years, or you just don't really hear from them again. Um, There's a different head coach. Yeah, uh, <laughs> um, I think Duran Davis is a guy that comes to mind of uh, you know kind of a promising in-state. Uh, player who committed to Missouri. I think he was the first commit in one of our classes a few years ago. Um, I don't think he ended up qualifying, and um, I just never heard anything about him ever again. And you know, I don't know if he ended up playing somewhere else. But you know, sometimes you you don't hear from guys. Sometimes you uh, they come back around, um, and luckily this one did. Um, and I feel like this was you know, Shamar Pearl is is was fairly. Uh, sought after you know he uh he was number one ranked uh juco defensive end in the composite rankings right now um you know so uh, even more so it's just crazy that he came around committed to missouri again and he's very sought after and uh very highly ranked so um yeah like you said i think this was something that happened like friday morning or something you know something right after we published last week's mm-hmm. episode or something mm-hmm. but um he uh yeah i watched some of his film and he, he's exciting you know he, he's 6'6 240 um one of the most impressive things about him i think is just the length of his arms like he just is so long and um looks like he can just get right around you know th- those offensive tackles and um, i could see him batting down some passes yeah so uh you know, honestly uh his ranking came in even higher than i thought it might um after watching his film um impressive film but that is very uh impressive uh ranking to be the number one composite defensive end in juco uh
0: sheldon richardson comes to mind as a a guy who did that and then was incredibly successful at missouri yeah Yeah, he uh committed out of high school and was like you know obviously a huge get for missouri at the time
1: yeah yeah he was very uh, very talented still in the
0: nfl obviously Mm -hmm. everything worked out just fine there for missouri um You ready to just jump into this list of commits? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: We can kind of try and go in order of which they happen. Maybe I know that's kind of how I wrote it down. That sounds fine to me. um, Yeah. So Shamar Pearl, um, the first guy to jump on board this week. You know, like I mentioned earlier, I was like, oh man, we're gonna have to talk about Shamar Pearl like a week after he after he commits or whatever. But um, you know, they just didn't stop the rest of the week. You know, we just I think we had six commits uh, if you uh include the two guys who are transferring from other schools but Mm -hmm. um yeah just a couple more notes on on pearl um assuming he plays uh this season um if it's not canceled the covid stuff um he's going to have two years at uh, of eligibility at mizzou and for for whatever reason if juco is canceled then he'll have three years of eligibility at mizzou um his final three were uh, missouri texas tech and south carolina so pretty big get there obviously um, next guy that committed the, the next day after that was uh, Zachary Lovett. And uh, he is a 6'2", 230-pound linebacker from Florida. And so, you know, watching his film, um, he looks SEC-ready already, maybe more so than, than any of, of these guys. Um, he's just huge, he's so, and he's very fast uh, for his size. Um, and it's pretty likely that he will end up just moving to defensive end because, he, uh, because of his size, and he's got some room to grow a lot of people think so um and he had some offers pretty big offers he was offered by uh miami and he lives in florida so to pull pull a kid out of florida who was offered by by miami is a pretty big deal Mm-hmm.
0: yeah i'm, I'm seeing here also west virginia louisville georgia tech um
1: yeah yeah he i mean he would just chase people down in open field like you know skill players and running backs quarterbacks who were who are running he would just come out of nowhere and take the long angle across the field and run him down. So he's a, he's a big guy
0: with a lot of speed. we got to start just, like, stacking up commitments in the on the defensive line because, yeah. obviously, that was probably the area of most need for the new coaching staff to really, you know, get their head around because there just wasn't a whole lot coming in and right. um, what existed had not been spectacular. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, what I think I love about this class so far and what I love about the coaching staff especially is – um, that they've just really addressed some of those needs on the current roster with this recruiting class and sometimes if I think that if you're addressing immediate needs with a recruiting class you might be in a little bit of trouble for a year or two because mm-hmm. um, sometimes it just takes a little bit of time for these guys to get into the program so that's certainly something to watch um, and that might that might uh, kind of show why we're going after a couple of transfers, some JUCO guys, you know some one year graduate transfer options because we probably do need some immediate help um, in some areas but um, and it's just cool that you know some of the in-state guys just happen to play positions that we need help in, like defensive end and safety right. and stuff like that. So yeah. that's been pretty a pretty uh, hopefully lucky thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, next guy um, that I had on the list uh, was uh, Damian Wilson. I actually think he was the fourth one to commit, but I, I skipped over somebody. I'll come back to him. But Damian Wilson um, from Kings Mountain, North Carolina. And he is a inside linebacker. He's kind of one of those guys where I don't really see him playing anywhere else. And he's, he is just looks exactly like a middle linebacker, and that's where I think he'll stay. And I think that's where he's going to be very good. Um, in his junior season of, of high school, he was just a tackle machine. You know, kind of reminded me of Kinchel Brothers a little bit. Um, maybe not crazy athletic, but just clearly knows where to go at, um, on every play. Just a tackle machine. Um, he had 123 tackles, 16 tackles for loss uh, last year. So he's not huge. He's 6'1", 215, but obviously has some, some room to grow for sure.
0: And I see here North Carolina and North Carolina State both offered. Yeah. So snatching mm-hmm. a guy out of his home state uh, when the home state schools were after him. For sure.
1: Um, you know, watching his film, uh, one thing that stood out to me was just an incredible change of direction that I felt like he had for his size. Um, he would just cut through lanes and, you know, make tackles for loss and stuff like that. He just looked like he was very uh, very good footwork and uh, very agile. Um, I, it looked like he had great awareness and play recognition. You know, I, there was a couple, uh, like, screen plays that he just snuffed out so easily on his film that um, th- that kind of thing just excites me. <clears throat> just a player that clearly knows w- what his role is in the defense and can uh, go make a play.
0: Mm-hmm. Tell me about uh, his commitment video.
1: <clears throat> his commitment video?
0: Yeah, was he the one that did a fake fake Arunie? Oh yes,
1: yes. The live feed. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah I was watching that. Um, I pretty much knew this guy was gonna commit to Missouri, so because of just some stuff I read online, and yeah, I think it was pretty well established that uh, Missouri needed a replacement for Nick Bolton, and went out and and got this guy, and it was pretty much uh,
0: he was a lock. Nick Bolton 2.0 that's Kyle said it here right here on this episode
1: <laughs> that's not ex- exactly what I said but that would be nice <laughs> um, so anyways you know I'm watching this live Instagram video thinking like okay he's going to commit to Mizzou uh, and he kind of says his, his pageantries and his introductions and he unzips the the jacket and it's just a North Carolina Tar Heel shirt and I'm, and then like nothing happened really he kind of he actually sold it pretty well and I was like you've got to be kidding me <laughs> I was like, this is a massive, like, recruiting, like, just blunder. And then, of course, he took off. The, you know, I started – I was there was, like, a moment of time where I was like, please take off another shirt or please be a shirt under this or something. And so, eventually, yeah, he took off the North Carolina shirt. And the Mizzou shirt was under that. And then, of course, I'm thinking, is he going to take Don't off take that the shirt off. again? <laughs> yeah, so um, I'm like, do we want to be second here? Do we want to be down the road? How many <laughs> shirts is he going to take off here? So, uh, But, obviously, he uh, commits to Missouri. Um, So that was kind of funny. It seems like that happens recently or that's, that's been happening recently with, with commitments, you know, kind of trying to fake out. Um, And, and I don't know if that was kind of a, I don't know. I don't know what that's, what kind of message that sent to North Carolina because I don't know how hard they were recruiting him. You know, he, they hadn't, he had an offer from them. Um, I don't know if that was just a total in your face kind of thing, or if that was just like kind of a, crapping on him for not recruiting him as much as they felt like he should have like they should have I don't know but it was pretty funny
0: yeah it's uh it's always it's always easy to laugh about it whenever he uh the player in question ends up uh, the team you want him to end up with can
1: you imagine just picture the scenario for a moment um we're watching Jordan Nesbitt make his Instagram live commitment and he does that he takes off his jacket with a Mizzou shirt on and then like takes it off and it's like something else like I think Twitter, Mizzou Twitter would lose its collective mind. Yeah. Like that would, that would be awful. Yeah.
0: And uh, I, and I, I see the parallel you're making with this. Like you just said, you know, we don't know North Carolina's status with him. Right. And, you know, if Jordan Nesbitt, this is, this is such a huge hypothetical, but if Jordan Nesbitt went to, uh, who knows, let's say he went to Iowa and the, Iowa wouldn't really know, you know, the random Iowa fan wouldn't really know um, how much. Missouri recruited Jordan Nesbitt. so yeah, that would mm-hmm. be interesting.
1: That would be awful. I think Missouri Twitter's going to lose their mind no matter what happens with Jordan Nesbitt, but that would really send them over the edge. Yeah, understandably in, so. Unless
0: Missouri already has like four, or three or four, like top two hundred guys on board by the time Chad Holmgren, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> then it would be fine.
1: Yeah, uh, and then one more thing on on Damian Wilson, um, just his incredible offer list. You know, offers from Michigan, Michigan State, South Carolina um those are some really good things not from michigan yeah <laughs> i actually <laughs> had that thought earlier and i was writing this down like michigan michigan state mm. pulled somebody out of michigan <laughs> i know we didn't he uh he's from he's from north carolina but um you know we just uh, in historically it seems like at least in the times i've been following Missouri football recruiting we just don't win those kind of battles very often um you know we, we a lot of times we have to make our money on going against teams like memphis or something you know and um, it's just cool to see us you know multiple recruits this week just beating out other uh, you know power five sec schools so um you know i i i loved uh damien wilson he, he might be my favorite recruit um out of all these guys we're going to talk about today i just uh i i have a soft spot for just these big mean looking um like linebackers who are just tackling machines man like I, I loved Nick Bolton, you know, whenever he was uh, in the recruiting class and coming into Mizzou. Um, I, I definitely don't think Damian Wilson necessarily is going to be Nick Bolton level, but, you know, just that kind of player. You um,
0: you had uh, Nick Bolton on your podcast 7-on-7 seven seven team, uh, our hypothetical 7-on-7 seven seven team that we did at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Um, I think it was before his, his freshman season yeah it was like early
1: on Bef- and it was even before he really did anything at Missouri even that season yeah it had season, to have been because we've only the, done two of those yeah even that season that followed that draft he didn't yeah. do a whole lot I think he only played mainly in special teams yeah. but
0: man you were, you knew yeah. I guess who we got next here
1: uh, next on the list uh, we'll, we'll go back and, and talk about uh, Kiki Chisholm because I think mm-hmm. I skipped over him but um, he is a graduate transfer from Division 2 Angelo State Um, He is a pretty tall wide receiver. Um, Watching his film, just really a, a good catch radius. He can go up and get the ball, and even when he's not, like, super wide open, it seems like he was just making contested catches, so... Um, kind of reminded me almost a little bit of uh, LaDamian Washington. And obviously when I'm making these, comparale- these, these come parallels, <laughs> comparisons like and parallels, Yeah, um, I'm not necessarily saying that Kiki Chisholm going to come in and have a LaDamian Washington season. He's not uh, going to catch
0: the, a pass from Bud Sasser in the end zone at Georgia to win?
1: Not necessarily, but just maybe a maybe a maybe kind of a similar uh, player, similar body type. Uh, I always thought of LaDamian Washington as um, just the player that was going to uh, catch the really – Tough third down catch or whatever, you know, in, in that 2013 season. It seemed like he always kind of got us out of some some uh, rocky moments um, with some clutch plays and stuff. So um, it would be great if Kiki Chisholm could come in and um, just provide some experience in the wide receiver room and make some tough catches. And that's something that we didn't have a whole lot of last year. We had a lot of drops from really everybody across the board. Um, a lot of drops and not a lot of uh, wide receivers going up and making a play. Um, so. And not and not a lot of trust from the quarterback exactly so yeah not a lot of opportunities even when they were there so uh
0: one thing i I wanted to mention was i saw a tweet from former mizzou safety gerald harrison he said as a db coach that has went up against him the past two years this isn't a surprising move really good player speed and will go up and get it so
1: that's Certainly good. Yeah. Sounds like he might be a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's certainly some concern about, you know, him making the transition from Division two. Obviously, it's going to be a massive jump going from Division two to the SEC. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on. You know, I don't know that he'll start, um, but he certainly might. Um, but um, I think that Missouri just needs some some production, just some, some depth to come in. And I'm fine
0: with just – moving people in and out until we figure out somebody that can, yeah, can make I mean, it happen there's
1: just a lot of guys in that room but nobody that's really kind of emerged as a, as a real big uh, playmaker yeah so.
0: I mean we expected Jalen Knox to be that guy but last year I I have to say was disappointing yeah
1: just a little con- inconsistent and yeah. again how much of that was quarterback play mm-hmm. I don't know but certainly a guy who has the abilities but maybe just kind of was would kind of disappear for a while so yeah we we could use some help uh, with wide receivers um got
0: two more here
1: um had a uh had a whole day this week where we didn't have a commitment so that's disappointing and it was crazy uh, coaching staff really needs to step up yeah. step up their game there yeah. i want commits every day me too um but after that long day where nothing happened uh we had tyler hibbler uh commit and he is a in-state player from trinity catholic in st louis um, he is a six-foot, 185-pound safety, and uh, had some pretty good offers as well. Um, offers from Michigan State, Mississippi State, uh, Nebraska, so, boo, uh, suck it. and um, a lot of uh, many others. So that was kind of the the highlights, though, were some of those offers. Um, immediately, you can tell this guy is just a hard hitter. He's kind of a heat-seeking missile. Um, has no problem whatsoever just destroying you know running backs that you know, see a little bit of, of daylight he just comes out of nowhere and destroys them um, so definitely a good run stopper I think that he, he might even be a candidate to play kind of a linebacker hybrid you know safety position I know that you know Barry Odom's defenses did that a little bit at Missouri so I don't know if that will continue um, but certainly um, has the size and hopefully the speed to play safety um, at the SEC level
0: I believe that marks the 6th St. Louis area recruit um in the 2021 class from Missouri. It's crazy. Got to love it. Producer Cameron, um your thoughts on Nebraska missing out on Tyler Hibbler?
1: <laughs> I don't have much to say about that. Oh, okay. Yeah, we thought you wouldn't because <laughs> just speechless. Yeah. Honestly, it's I don't even know. <laughs> Producer Cameron's a Nebraska fan for those who... Uh, we haven't talked about that in a while, so we might have some new some new listeners that, since last season or something. So It's we, not
0: been football season for a while. we yeah, gotta, yeah. we
1: got to tease Producer Cameron about his Nebraska fandom. I, know I vomit almost every, every day thinking about it, but...
0: I, I think about it every day. I wake up and I have a, like, a little sign by my mirror that says, Producer Cameron is a Nebraska fan. Yeah. And, then
1: and just kind of like sit there and shake your head a little bit and have to go to the bathroom because you're sick to your stomach. Exactly. I know. Yeah. Same. Man. <laughs> Um, the last guy on the list uh, who just committed moments ago uh, I mean literally within an hour or two ago ago—it seems like uh, was uh, BJ Harris and he is a running back from Chattanooga, Tennessee and honestly this was a little bit of a surprise to me just because I thought that Missouri might have been done at running back Uh, already have Taj Butts committed he committed maybe a month or two ago uh, missed out on uh, I don't remember his name but a guy that went to Arkansas Mm -hmm. that, that running back that went to arkansas um so i thought that missouri might just call it quits but they very quickly signed somebody else up um bj harris uh again huge offer list um offers from six other sec schools and those include kentucky old miss mississippi state south carolina tennessee and vanderbilt so a tennessee guy being pulled out of tennessee and according to espn he's the number one running back in tennessee so uh um, last
0: uh most recent Mizzou running back to come out of Tennessee, Elijah Young. Yeah, I was thinking of Tyler Beatty, but
1: Tyler Beatty—he well, was one of the recent ones for sure. Yep. Yeah, that's that's an interesting thing is we've kind of established a, a little bit of a pipeline, um, I guess maybe, or maybe it's just coincidence. But you know, running backs from Tennessee. Uh, so I'm going to call uh, it a pipeline.
0: Officially a pipeline.
1: Yeah, there'll be consecutive classes with running backs from Tennessee. Uh, assuming BJ Harris sticks, but uh, this was his junior year stats: fourteen hundred yards. 25 touchdowns and an 8.1 yards per carry
0: Jeez, good. that is amazing Feed <laughs> him the rock more come on yeah so
1: gotta like all that stuff um i think missouri's done at running back and linebacker now you know after this week um just really filling uh all of those areas of need um rivals has him at number 19 in the country um and, you know, obviously that's because they have sixteen people committed, and I don't know that Missouri's ever had a recruiting class fill up this quickly. Um, so that's certainly part of it, but I fully expect Missouri to remain in probably the top thirty uh, before uh, the end of the before this class is wrapped up. So um, super exciting stuff, and almost feels like uncharted territory a little bit.
0: Yeah, um, I can't remember where I was reading this. I think it, maybe it was on a Rockham Nation article, but one of the commenters said, uh, is Drinkwitz already the best recruiter in Mizzou history? <laughs> I'm like, well, he's definitely off to a fast start. He's on track. How long does it take to, to deem somebody the best, you know? How long would it take to deem him better than Barry Odom at recruiting?
1: Honestly, like, I think we're getting pretty close to that already. You know, Barry Odom had, had some good moments, you know? Uh, he, I felt like there were there were times where that regime was doing very well recruiting, but I had not experienced this yet. Um,
0: if, if you want to think about some uh, what if situations or revisionist history, imagine if the Tiger Ten was happening right now. <laughs> you got to think Drinkwitz gets like seven of those guys, right?
1: Honestly, like all I care about is what would've happened if Ronnie if he were here and Ronnie Perkins were making his decision because that's truly the only one that makes me like lose sleep at night <laughs> is thinking about Ronnie Perkins being an absolute stud from day one at Oklahoma. May never ever had a shot at him, you know. Sometimes you just lose those high profile guys to other schools.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm thrilled with the recruiting success so far. And like you said, it's kind of uncharted territory. I mean you gotta think we're going to have some regression to the mean at some point. I mean, we, we always talk about Missouri sustaining a top 25 level recruiting class and how that's potentially what could lead them to taking that next step. And it's kind of what Gary Pinkle was doing, um, in his last few years at Missouri last five or so years was if you take like a three year rolling average um, he was right around that mark a lot of the time. Um, so, and then we saw what happened, went to back-to-back SEC championship games. And you can argue that the SEC East was down at that time, but I don't know. I think you can, different teams are going to be up and down every year. So yeah, the thing is, if you have a down year in the SEC East, none of Missouri's last three seasons would they have been able to take advantage of an opportunity like that. You have to have the team mm-hmm. that maybe they are, maybe they should only be an eight-win team. But if their division's down a little bit, get kind of lucky with scheduling, as far as who they play from the West, do you have a good enough team that can take advantage of that and turn it into a 10-win season? And with the recruiting classes like this, that's how you mm-hmm. get to that point.
1: Yeah, I think we, t- we touched on this recently, but 2010 was Missouri's highest r- highest ranking in, in recruiting uh, maybe ever, or definitely at least in the in the uh, the era of of recruiting rankings. But um, and we know what happened three years later. You know that 2013 was that 2013 team was definitely one of Missouri's best football teams ever. And you know that again, maybe you could make the argument that the East was down. But I truly think that Missouri was a top five team in the country that year. Um, just so well balanced. Their their whole team was was uh, was so strong. And that's what happens whenever. You, you have good classes and um you're gonna miss on individual players sometimes there's gonna be highly ranked players that don't end up panning out and there's gonna be low ranked players end up being really good you know they miss on recruiting rankings but i think what's really important is the class as a whole because more than often they're they're going they're going to hit on these guys most of the time so you know when you've got a whole entire class of guys who are ranking who who are highly ranked that's
0: whenever it's exciting I completely agree. Yeah. Um, I just I just hope it continues. I mean, I don't I don't know I don't know what I'll be thinking if things just regress to the mean very quickly, and I know I hope we don't have to deal with that. I hope even with some regression, we're still sitting around the thirty a thirty ranking, something like that, top ten in the SEC. I'd be totally fine with that mm-hmm. first year on the job for this new staff.
1: Yeah, it's, it's really uh, kind of blown past all expectations.
0: Which player was it? It may have been uh, the running back that you just mentioned. Was he the one that I saw um, Arkansas was recruiting him as well? And if you go to his profile, it actually shows um, – no, it, it must have been a defensive player uh, potentially. It showed uh, that Barry Odom was the lead recruiter for him, and then it showed Missouri's coach as the lead recruiter. I don't know if you saw that, but I don't know. It's just such a weird thing to see, just the screenshot. That they're, like,
1: um, recruiting against each other now yeah. or whatever. and then the fact
0: <clears throat> yeah. that the player picked Missouri is just kind of like, oh. I think I saw that. interesting. I d- yeah. I don't know who
1: the player was, um, but, yeah, it's weird. It's like the apprentice has become the master.
0: What did I just say? The apprentice has become the master. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. Um, um, you got anything else about this uh, recruiting class?
1: I, I feel like I, I don't know what else to say about about this. You know, it's just all the positive things. Um, mm-hmm. We've I have all these highly ranked players. Um, we have highly ranked players from St. Louis. That's just, again, you know, we've talked about that in the past. That's something that doesn't really happen. Um, just so many barriers that Coach Drinkwitz is just smashing through right now. and. Um, especially with all the uncertainty with actual football being played potentially, like it's just so, it, I mean, this is like the lone sports news that is just like the, the bright spot, you know, is just uh, how Missouri football looks to be headed right now.
0: Kyle, I don't know if you're okay with me changing the subject, but I just remembered that I haven't told you. I, um, in a moment of weakness, I purchased NCAA football 2006, a PlayStation 2 game, that was the uh, first NCAA football game I ever played. Uh, just pure nostalgia. It was like $6 shipped on Amazon. Did it work? Uh, it worked. Although the con- control scheme uh, for playing offense is quite different. But the nostalgia that kicked in when I booted that game up was is unmatched. Mm-hmm. I remembered the songs that were playing. and uh, Was
1: it just like the fight songs of all the teams? No, no, no.
0: It, it had a licensed soundtrack. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, so oh, there was one other thing I was going to say about that okay so Brad Smith is the starting quarterback for Missouri on that and the game when you first boot it up if you don't have anything saved to your console it thinks it's the first time you've ever played it it takes you right into your race for the Heisman character creation and then you go right into doing a little drill for your position and then you get uh, three scholarship offers so I think i'm gonna redo this anyway i just the first time i played it i just was kind of playing around a little bit i made a quarterback and dominated the drill got offers from number one usc number six texas and number three iowa it kind of congratulations threw me off that iowa was number three in the country but i picked missouri and um it just automatically put me as the starter above brad smith brad smith 95 overall my player 82 overall freshman and she's like, oh, you're taking the starting job from Brad Smith. There you go. So that was kind of fun. I remembered the first time I played it and played the Heisman mode. I was a defensive end at USC and won the Heisman all four seasons <laughs> and broke like every sack record, every, wow. every record possible. As
1: a, as a defensive end? Is defensive that what you just end, said? You yes. won the Heisman four years. Wow. Four years in a row. That, that had never been done. Is really something. Never will be done
0: again, especially <laughs> by a defensive player.
1: I think the whenever you mentioned like nostalgia from video games like college sports i had like college basketball 2006 that maybe might have been 2006 and i can't even remember who's on the cover i think it's some uconn player which seems weird
0: that maybe a mecca okafor
1: yeah it was him it was weird it seems weird that you can put a real life player on a front of a video game and they're obviously not being compensated whatsoever
0: well i think they are because it's always after they've graduated okay or after they've Left the university. Gotcha. And the university can make money off the video game, just not the player. Mm. But I, even as a kid, I would like sometimes just
1: simulate. I would do like Dynasty mode, and I would just simulate like twenty years of of college basketball seasons, just like doing the recruiting and stuff, and trying mm-hmm. to, you know. And sometimes I would make Missouri really good, and then I'd go coach at Missouri State or something and get them really good <laughs> or whatever. I would just hop around. I don't know, but I'm sure if I if I Turn that on on my PS2 right now. I'm sure it would be very
0: nostalgic. Yeah. Um, Somebody's vacuuming. Uh, Yeah, so I just wanted to share that with you. Got a new video game. Nice. I I can't get enough of the. Oh, I I wanted to mention that a YouTube commenter suggested that I, you know, download the updated uh, rosters or uh, user-generated rosters with names and stuff for NCAA football 14. And uh, yeah, I need to do that. My PS3 is just not hooked up to the internet right now. Yeah, um, that's a
1: good idea. I never thought of that. I didn't even know that was possible. Yeah. So, uh, Kyle, I think that's all I got for everybody. That's all I got. For we could everybody. talk about
0: video games for a long time, but we, I don't we think can talk that's about the people are here.
1: We can talk about a lot of stuff. So, tell us what tell us what you want to talk about. Well, tell tell us what you want us to talk about, and we'll <laughs> there you go. We will we'll do it. So, um, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, we are on YouTube. We are on Twitter and Instagram at mm-hmm. Missouri Sports Pod. And you can email, email us at, at Elon, Muskus. Elon Muskus at Missouri Sports Podcast Pod at gmail.com. <laughs> Missouri Sports Pod. We don't gmail.com. get a lot of emails, so it's not that important, <laughs> honestly, guys. We get a lot of
0: emails from Podbean. <laughs> yeah. uh, and thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you next week.